0: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Well, the Eagles certainly folded in tents early enough this season. Should have given us uh, a nice heads up as to what was happening. It actually really did. We knew what was coming last night. And boy... They didn't even get on the plane. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were dead as a doornail walking into the building last night, and it was very clear early in that football game they were in no
2: place mentally to be playing that game. Talk about a lack of pride. Right, like Mm. Talk about a lack of pride to roll over and die in the playoffs. Go back one year ago when Detroit was scratching and clawing, doing everything it could to try to make its way to the postseason. And then one year later, look at their fans and how much they love that experience against the Rams. And then look at the dead dog Eagles who couldn't even be bothered to attempt to make a tackle last night. James Bradbury, that was an absolute disgrace. He cashes a check for that, Carlin. Like yeah. James Bradbury gets paid for what he did last night. It was it was awful from front to back.
1: And Joe, I can't remember seeing too many teams that just have completely, I don't want to say checked out, but have lost their their mojo in such a rapid fashion unable to get it back. And there are so many aspects of it that are troubling, the most of which is the head coach's inability to have any kind of answers for what was going on with that football team. Joe, let's not waste any time on it because the biggest topic of the day Is going to be whether or not Nick Sirianni's job is in question right now, and it's a. When you think about it, we think about even three weeks ago, it would be an absurd, absurd notion to even bring up but they were must ask questions last night on the post game
0: like i just said to you know like i just said over here i'm not thinking about that i'm thinking about the guys again there's a lot of guys in that locker room all the guys in that locker room every single one of them that put their heart and soul into this i'm not worried about me i'm not i'm worried i'm, I'm not worried I'm, I'm as the head coach i'm just trying to be there for our guys and our staff right now you know, through a, through a tough time. Obviously, we didn't finish uh, anywhere near we wanted to finish. So, again, my heart feels for these guys. You know, we're all taking it hard, and that's where my mind
1: is right now. All along, though, Joe, it was absolutely Nick Sirianni. I, I made this correlation last week. If you've seen the movie Animal House, you've seen the end scene, and Kevin Bacon standing in the middle as they're looting the food kit, <laughs> yelling, all is well! <laughs> That was Nick Sirianni. It was not, I have answers as to what's going wrong. His best answer as to what was going wrong was to change the defensive coordinator and allow the new guy who failed miserably in Detroit to walk in the door and change all the terminology, drop Hassan Reddick into coverage in some situations. There was no confidence-inspiring whatsoever from the head coach of we're just going through a tough stretch and we're going to get this figured out.
2: He's so full of crap. He is so full of crap. It's been nothing but that for weeks. If you go back to the beginning of that audio when he says about the players, how they gave their heart and their soul, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. We're not talking about a tough loss in the wild card round where you got upset because of a late field goal or a late turnover. You couldn't be bothered to show up. The broadcast knew it. Fucking Aikman outed him wow. on the broadcast. That never happens. Yeah. They talked about how they were dead on arrival. They talked about how Sirianni's job was going to be up for debate tomorrow morning, which is today. Broadcasters don't do that. No. They don't do that stuff. So between that and... And the missed tackles, the lack of execution, the utter cluelessness of the quarterback taking the safety in a scenario to make it a one-score game into a two-score game, they did not put their heart and soul into it. They didn't put their heart and soul into it last night. They didn't put their heart and soul into it against the Giants last week. They didn't put their heart and soul into it against the Cardinals a couple weeks ago. Something went wrong here. And when it comes to Sirianni's future with the organization – We need to figure out what that is. Actually, we don't, but the organization does because leaders don't allow this to happen. That's the big failure here. Mike Tomlin went through some turmoil in Pittsburgh this season with a lack of effort at wide receiver, with an offensive coordinator situation. It's eerily similar what Tomlin was dealing with in Pittsburgh and what Sirianni was dealing with in in Philly, right? Like Everyone was calling for Matt Canada's job. In Philly, everyone's calling for the D.C., Sean Desai, all that. Tomlin navigated the waters, steadied the ship, found a way to win games with his third-string quarterback late in the season, got into the playoffs, and sure, they got beat. But mm-hmm. they were respectable. They showed up and they tried. Sirianni was the exact opposite. It got worse and worse and worse. He is not a wartime consigliere. That's what we saw from Nick Sirianni this season. Last year as a frontrunner, everything yeah. was fine. Yep. This year, not a wartime consigliere.
1: That's the word, frontrunner. Front runner's the word. And believe it or not, I actually don't think they should fire him. I, 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 oh. I'm not of that opinion right now. Oh, a bit of a
2: knuckleball there? Well, bit here's a bit of a
1: Here's why. When you do go to a Super Bowl, you have clearly done something right along the way. And you can be a front runner. and then this season, when you run into a brick wall and you're unable to get your team through it, I do believe that there is... At least a little bit of equity that is built up, assuming that you are going to make major changes with everything else. Because here's my question, and we're going to get to a lot of this throughout the course of the show. If not Nick, then who? If not Sirianni right now, are you going to tell me the Belichick's walking in? You got a deal in place? Fine. I got no problem with it. Are you going to tell me the Harbaugh's got a deal in place? No problem with it. Are you going to tell me that Vrabel's got a deal in place with it? No problem. I don't believe any of those things to be the case. I don't think the Eagles can fire Sirianni without having a definitive, proven answer to what they're doing. Otherwise, you change who the coordinators were. If the coordinators were what what was right a season ago and you can attribute all the problems to that and the head coach, then I understand it. But I can't possibly try to sell anybody on the idea that a head coach that still took the team to the playoffs even though they fell apart like they did and went to the Super Bowl a year ago should be out this quickly. That, to me, is unless there has been something dramatically gone wrong behind the scenes and off the field, that, to me, is, is pushing the envelope if you don't
2: have the definitive answer. What makes it interesting is that you have such a robust and well-respected coaching class that's available on the open market. Yeah. I think any other year, you'd probably look out there and you'd say, look, it's a bad year. Let's chalk it up. Let's find a way to move on. But I want to throw a number at you. 39. 39 is a number that the Eagles organization needs to keep in mind this offseason when they make this decision. 39. That's how many seasons of football they're about to lose between Jason Kelsey and... Brandon Graham Mm -hmm. and Fletcher Cox. Yep. All right. Kelsey already announced he's retiring. 13 years in the NFL, all with the Philadelphia Eagles. Brandon Graham is headed for unrestricted free agency. 14 years in the NFL, all with the Philadelphia Eagles. Fletcher Cox is headed for unrestricted free agency. 12 years in the NFL all with the Philadelphia Eagles, 39 years of experience on its way out the door. That's not just a proven track record from those three, high-level production from those three. That's veteran leadership. And right now, the organization more than anything else needs leadership because they don't have it. That's the one thing we learned during this collapse at the end of the season. There was no one steering the ship. There was no leader out in front, trying to rally the troops. This was a rudderless enterprise aimlessly wandering through the ocean before it went bankrupt and beached against a Buccaneers team that, let's be honest, a week ago we watched them beat the Panthers 9 nothing in a game where you thought, all right, you guys are going to be one and done. Hey, joke's on Joe Fortenball for making fun of the NFC South all year because they have more playoff wins, one, than the entirety of the NFC East. Yep. Zero. Yep.
1: And then when you mention leadership, it has to go to the quarterback. Jalen Hurts was asked after the game if he has confidence in Sirianni and the entire coaching
0: staff. I have a ton of confidence in in everyone in this building. Um, It's just a matter of us going out there and playing clean football, and that's been something that we have not done.
1: He has been a leader before, and I believe he will be a leader again. I'm a Jalen Hurts guy. I think last season – He had a fantastic year. I think he was banged up this year, did not have a great year, did not get on the same page as the offensive coordinator. The Eagles got away from their identity at times of running the football, which I think got lost in quite a bit of it, and you had an unhappy receiver and nobody knew how to handle it. It's now on the quarterback to fill a lot of that leadership void that you're talking about.
2: Well, would have been nice if that started a few weeks ago when it was actually needed. He can lead all he wants now. No one cares. And by the way, to the point on the offensive coordinator, nice job running the ball a couple times early in the game, getting some legitimate yardage, and then immediately abandoning the running game. What were they doing last night? Yeah. Like, they immediately abandoned the running game in a situation where they had to be able to run the ball. That is, they were as disorganized a playoff team as I've ever seen. I mean, look, the Cowboys showed up unprepared and got shellacked. McCarthy's likely out. The Eagles didn't even bother to consider the idea of trying to win that game last night. I cannot I, – I can't imagine James Bradbury can show his face in that town with the season he just had. He was disgraceful. Disgraceful. It's one thing to get beat deep by Mike Evans and get lucky that Evans dropped it, but the inability to even attempt to make tackles – That's just disgusting. That doesn't happen in Philadelphia. Troy Vincent, Bobby Taylor, that never would have happened back in the day. Carlin versus Joe presented
1: by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. We are just getting started, and he is by far the only head coach from yesterday that there is very much a large amount of doubt in their future. Did we learn an awful lot from Mike Tomlin, from him not saying a word? That's next, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on
2: ESPN Radio.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive
3: Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. I was surprised. I've been covering Mike Tomlin for five years. He's never once walked off the podium. I didn't even get a chance to finish asking the question, what went wrong in that game isn't the story. The story is what happens next.
1: I think we could live in a world where Mike Tomlin decides to take a couple of gap years and decide to talk about football and also lean into his personal life. There certainly were no answers provided last night by Mike Tomlin. And that was expected to a degree, but it went a little overboard. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, on Sirius XM Channel 80. I'll be frank, just as a Steelers fan, I was actually surprised that they climbed back in and made that a one-score game because at the beginning, it certainly felt like the long goodbye when they're coughing up the football left and right. Now, having said that, after the nothing that happened in that game was unexpected the bills did what they were supposed to do we've covered that now there's mike tomlin and his future with the pittsburgh steelers so here is brooke Pryor, espn steelers reporter asking mike tomlin after the game about his future and his response anyone mike you have a year
3: left on your contract
1: Now, if you listen very closely, you can hear Mike's footsteps walking off as she asked that question. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Mike Tomlin made this situation a lot worse with that, and he actually could have learned a lesson from how Nick Sirianni handled it after the game. I'm a lot more worried about the guys in that locker room right now. To me, by doing that, what Mike Tomlin did was do nothing but add a whole lot more intrigue and a whole lot more – Fuel to the fire, so to speak, about what his future is in Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, if he answers that question simply, you know what? Not going to focus on that right now. Just lost to Buffalo. It's been a long season. Want to go back. Want to watch the tape. Want to see what went wrong and then start thinking about next year. We're probably not talking about his future today. That's probably like a Wednesday conversation, right? Yeah. Like, we'll visit that on Wednesday because we have a lot to talk about with the Eagles. But when you storm off like that, which he has every right to do, he's frustrated. He wanted to win that game in Buffalo and it didn't go his way. Some officiating calls and there were a little questionable, but you storm off like that, yeah, now we're going to speculate on that because that's been the talking point the last few weeks, right? Rumors surfacing, maybe he wants to step away from the organization, maybe he doesn't. Nothing wrong with the question, right? Like, I think that's more than fair of a question. If he wants to storm off, that's okay. He's Mike Tomlin. Brooke asking that question, I don't see an issue with that, do you? No, absolutely okay, not. to make question sure that has to be asked. Because there's some people on social, and I know this is hard to believe, but some people can be a bit unreasonable sometimes on social media. Just want to get that out there. Come on. And some of them thought the question was out of line, and it's like, not really, since that's kind of the most important thing we all want to know about right now.
1: No, it's the idea that you can't ask that question, no, you have to ask that question. Yeah. It doesn't have to be question number one out of the gate, which it wasn't. You heard at the beginning... The staffers say, anybody else have anything? Oh, yeah, by the way, Mike, your future. Let's talk about that. Boom, walk off. No, completely appropriate. Here is Brooke this morning, though, on on Sportsmanlike, uh, chiming in on why Mike Tomlin right now might be thinking about walking away. We
3: have Najee Harris who told me after the game last night that he doesn't think there needs to be coaching changes. He said this is not a coaching thing, but there needs to be rules that are changed, that give the Steelers more discipline and structure. And when I hear that, and I know that Mike Tomlin is a guy that wants to lead with discipline and structure, but a lot of that is on the players to maintain the standard that he's setting. If he's doing everything that he knows has been effective in the past, and it's not having the same impact on the locker room now, to me that's something that would make me want to think, do I need to step back for a minute? reset, and then give it another
1: go? Well, who is he talking about right there? Well, first of all, Najee Harris, we know, played for Nick Saban in college. So he's used to discipline being the case. But it's easy to figure out who he's talking about. See, this is why if I'm Mike Tomlin, my discussions with ownership and the front office and everybody is not centered around um, me just walking away for the hell of it. It's, we got a couple guys here who got to go. Deontay Johnson caused problems during the season. George Pickens comes out, slams his helmet like a baby, and then hammers the officials after the game. Dude, that's not why you lost the game. No. You did not lose the game because of the officiating. You lost the game because the other team is better. And he's had some diva-like qualities this season. That's not what that organization is about. That's not what Mike Tomlin is about. Remember, he handled Antonio Brown... The dude has been to the mountain on this stuff. So if the organization is to the point where they're okay letting Mike Tomlin walk away and rather keep those two guys, dudes, they got to wake up because that's just stupid.
2: Is it possible? I don't want to go as far as to say like the games passed him by because it certainly hasn't. He's done a tremendous job this season. But when Tomlin took over the Steelers, he was like, 34 years old. Don't quote me, but it was right around there. 34 years old. He's 51 now. A long time has passed in terms of the generation of player he took over with. Uh, Troy Palomalu, Ben Roethlisberger, Heinz Ward, James Harrison. Players of that nature and then the player he has now, which is the type of player you have all around the league, right? It's a different generation. The guys he started with and the guys he has now, it's a different style of player. They respond to different types of coaching. They're into different things. They have different sensibilities. I'm not saying one generation is better than the other. It's just different. Is it possible that his style used to work a certain way and maybe now with this particular generation, it just doesn't work as effectively? I don't buy it. You don't buy that? Nope. Okay. And and You don't even want to indulge it? Well, here's why. Have a cup of
1: coffee, ruminate? No. No ruminating. Uh, Here's why.
2: (laughs) But here's why. No, Uh, idiot. uh, I don't want to ruminate on that. I got something better.
1: (laughs) Well, because I think
2: Mike Tomlin Tomlin does relate to players.
1: That's not a – I don't think that's a thing. I don't think it's – you know, we could say that about Bill Belichick. We could say that about – some guys that have not necessarily been ones who have wanted to adapt to players, right? Um, Guys who have wanted to yearn for what used to be. Mike Tomlin doesn't strike me that way. And I've never gotten the impression, I've never heard from a player over the course of his entire tenure, publicly or privately, that felt like he wasn't somebody that the players fully respected. I think he always has been that, and he is always connected. You're right about the kind of player that there is today. You know, it was best described to me this way, and it's funny. I was having discussion with coaches about it this weekend. It's not just tell them what to do and they'll go do it. Now it's the players want to know the why. You know, they want the full explanation as to why they have to go and do something. Now, I think a more likely scenario for Tomlin You brought up the 17 years. Bill Cowher walked away after, what, 15 or whatever it was. It kind of feels like the same thing of, Maybe I just need to take a step back and not do this for a little bit.
2: Maybe just reboot. Like, it went south with Andy Reid in Philadelphia. That didn't mean Reid wasn't a good coach. It's just sometimes things come to an end. Belichick with a new team could very much be a dangerous idea for the rest of the NFL. Sometimes you just need a fresh start. You know, that's why there are books out there on efficiency, not to get too nerdy here, that recommend, like, don't ever spend more than 10 years with the same company. Right. Once you get to 10 years, that's good enough. Go start something fresh. Reboot. It doesn't mean leave the industry. It just means go to a different employer or employ yourself, but just hit Reset. Hit reset, stay fresh, keep it active, rather than possibly allowing complacency to set in. Not advocating for it. There are just studies on that sort of thing that say it can lead to more productivity for an individual down the road. If he were to step away, I mean, it would make total sense. He's done a tremendous job. It's just to hear that Najee Harris is talking about how the team needs more discipline. Do you think that's a Tomlin issue? Like is it that he's not disciplined enough? Got a, I think
1: it's they got a couple of players who don't listen to it. Period.
2: Okay, so you got some guys who are not buying in. Right. You think Harris is alluding more to the fact that there are issues on the roster rather than with the coaching staff?
1: And I don't even think roster. I think it's wide receiver. Yeah, like a specific I think it's positional very group. Specific, a couple of guys because those are the guys that caused issues this season. Yeah. Like why, why am I letting George Pickens dictate what I'm doing? Did I miss something? And he, you know, I heard all preseason about he, oh, he and Kenny Pickett were going to be the next, you know, Brady and Randy Moss or whoever you want to throw as the great quarterback and receiver together. And I saw none of that this season. Pickens is a nice player. Don't get me wrong. He's not this guy. He's not the guy that starts dictating anything. Here's here's the last part quickly too. If I'm Tomlin, well let me see. I can go to TV. I can go make twelve million a year doing that for a year or two. And I come back, and the coach's salaries are going to be even higher. And I'm going to be in massive demand. Why not? TV Why not gig's reboot? a nice
2: gig. Yeah. TV, I mean, Romo doesn't even have to prep anymore.
1: I, I, I mean. I'm just throwing that
2: out there. If anyone listened to that game last night, let's be honest. Romo should be doing a little bit more prep. Am I wrong in saying that? No, you're
1: not. Not not at all. I'm sorry. I had somebody in my ear at the time. I thought Romo was awful. <laughs> I, honestly. Yeah, I won't get too far into it. but we'll,
2: we'll, We will later. Just, He's got the Super Bowl this year. We have high standards in this country. Here's an idea. For the Super Bowl, here's not idea. for a whole lot else.
1: Well, here's an idea. Try. How about that?
2: Yeah, there you go.
1: Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I got to go answer a phone call that's coming in right now. <laughs> we'll get to more in just a few moments. But from Super Bowl to Super Bus. What went wrong the last 11 months in Philadelphia? That's next. Carlin vs. Joe, ESPN Radio and ESPN. app.
0: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Death is the only
3: punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks what do you
1: seek here?
3: to vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu.
2: five, Hurts is back,
1: Hurts is being chased, he is firing for the end zone and it is incomplete
0: and the Bucks take over on downs. The Eagles have not just been beaten, they have been taken apart, they have been just brought to the knees by the Tampa Bay Bucks. I didn't do a good enough job and obviously we lost five of the last six and lost today and it's almost like we couldn't get out of the rut we're in and that's and that's all of us.
1: You heard the calls from the great Merrill Reese, WIP in Philadelphia, telling you exactly what went wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, or in fact that things had gone horribly wrong for them. Now we get the expert opinion of Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, as to what went wrong for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Jeff, let's just start there. That very question, what went wrong the second half of this year for the Philadelphia Eagles?
0: We must be extending this segment because if I' gonna let all the all the <laughs> issues, we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> no, I just I'll, I'll hit it from the uh, thirty thousand foot gear.
1: Oh, boy. I think we oh I, boy, we, we lost Jeff's cell phone there for a second. When, yeah. Incredible teams by when Saturday, the, uh, and then he gets. You guys out. hear me? Yeah, uh, we yeah. lost you there for a second. Got you a little just, bit here. Got you now.
0: Okay, I'll give you the 30,000-foot view. Yeah, I think when you, you look at them offensively, there was no identity, right? They they uh, they couldn't decide what they wanted to be. I think that was shown in a in a very bright light when they ran the ball 10 times against a team that you knew was going to blitz the house, um, and most were checked out. They had that one big play to Smith uh, down the middle of the field, but other than that, they they looked in at the last two weeks handling the blitz when they knew they were going to get it, um, and and when you're you know when you're asking a team uh to play out of out of their strengths it's it's gonna cost you, and I think that ultimately showed up with the offensive side and then defensively you know we talked about it- before the season they they you know they they were limited in talent on the back end of the defense the linebackers uh didn't didn't help the situation, and they thought pass rush could get there it did not, and so ultimately they got exposed on the back end. I mean last night was embarrassing. You know, they yeah, they didn't tackle. The effort was poor. I think we all saw that once the game kind of got out of hand, it didn't um you know, it just it just looked like no no one was interested. But it was a uh one of those seasons, man, that gets to a to a point where you think, "Wow, we got a real shot." And it came crashing down uh in in a super super uh fast way.
2: You know, the Rams go to Detroit. They play a tight game. They lose. You can nitpick a few things, but overall, they gave a great effort. They showed up. They tried to win. No harm, no foul. This Eagles team, is it fair to question leadership? Because we can talk schematics and coaching all we want. Tackling's tackling, Jeff. Like, James Bradbury can't tackle. The secondary couldn't tackle. There's an issue with that. I mean, Sirianni's been saying for weeks they're not going to roll over and die. They're going to fight. Didn't look like they were fighting to me.
0: No, you're exactly right. I, th- I think when you when you looked at last night, I thought uh, I mean, even, honestly, even the Giants game, the last game of the season, I was shocked. I mean, I, I was shocked that they played as poorly as they did. And like to your point, they looked uninterested. I mean, they're yanking the starters at the first quarter uh, when they you know w- when it got out of hand that fast against the Giants. And then again last night, no, no different. Um, and that is that that becomes an, an effort issue and uh just you know you're watching guys get juked and faked and run by and uh just it is not the kind of effort that you've come uh, to expect with the way that the Eagles played I think part of that is you know you make that change in the middle of the season going from Desai to um Matt Patricia and what what that you know what what did that do what kind of impact did that have not sure that was the best the best move and and um, they just could never produce on that side of the ball. And here's the deal. When you think you're going to throw it around the yard and have all this kind of success, it's hard to extend drives that way. And if you're not having explosive plays, it puts your defense at a, at a very big disadvantage. And they, they allowed that to happen, and they didn't try to at least help or complement their defense by trying to establish the line of scrimmage, which I thought was the best part of their team, in all honesty, was their offensive line, and they just they just never allowed them to take control of it. And and you see at the end of the, when it hits January, um, if your line can't produce and your and your running backs can't produce, it's going to give you an early exit. You saw that with uh, the, the Eagles and obviously the Cowboys, but teams like that they just can't they can't find a way.
1: Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us. How are we to evaluate Jalen Hurts moving forward?
0: You know, I, I think he wasn't um, – I think Hertz showed you what he can be. I think he was playing at a very high level early on. You saw the connection with he and A.J. Brown and what they kind of started with. Uh, and then as the season progressed and it kind of all got out of hand, I think you saw, um, you know, his limitations. And and the reality is without the use of a QB run for him, you, you limit his, uh, his opportunity to be successful. I, I think that you – Giving him a two-way go and allowing them to have those design runs—that's part of—and I would say the same thing about Josh Allen. I think part of what makes him different in the in the in the playoffs, especially, is his ability to extend or convert drives and and be lethal with his legs. And when you limit that, I think you've just taken away. I didn't think Johnson ever really embraced it for what other than the tush push. There just was no embrace of hey we'll. We'll put defenses on their heels. We're not going to allow them to be, um, you know, to kind of come after us in certain ways. And 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 listen, if a team is not scared, I think they said last night the Bucks blitzed them fifty nine percent. I mean, that means they don't care if you're running. If you're they, that means they think you got no plan. And so to mm-hmm. think that Jalen Hurts can fix that. And, and, and here's the other thing. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. De- defenses aren't scared of a check down in the blitz, right? Like, they're not worried about a, a three-yard completion. That, and maybe you do get a first down. They get scared when you start going over the top and main, making them pay. A- a- example, uh, Cleveland against, you know, they run this man coverage and then Stroud runs them out of man to get into zone. He runs them out of that, right? Like, so there, there are ways to get teams to lay off, but you have to have a plan. And it was like there was no good plan for Hurts to excel. And, and I'll and I tell you another example. Last night, the fourth and five where they, where they come up short and, and uh, they throw it to the end zone that gets knocked down. They, they, the Eagles run that same blitz against Mayfield, and he throws a touchdown in the middle of the field. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the same thing, right? Like, all on the line, here's what we're going to do. They find one in the middle of the field, good plan. Instead, you're trying to take a shot deep in the corner of the end zone which is going to be a very low probability. So I just look at it and go, uh, just from from the X's and O's portion of it, they didn't give Jalen a whole lot of, of of room to show. But he's shown he can be your guy, um, you know, put in the right circumstances.
2: Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst with us here. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Jason Kelsey, Eagle Center, tells his teammates after the game that he plans to retire after 13 fantastic seasons with the organization. No one better qualified to talk about his career than a former center in yourself. Kelsey, what did he mean to the Eagles? Where does he stack up in terms of legacy at the position?
0: A Hall of Famer, and, and uh, I, I, I do not use those words I, I, very lightly, and I will be honest with you. A lot of dudes in the Hall of Fame, okay, i, I give you the okay stamp. This is, a, this is a true Hall of Famer, man, and a, an absolute and, and could not have been more important um, for that, that Eagles offensive line for all the years he's been there, even when Howard Mudd brought him on years ago. Um, and, and I, you know, I met with him. He, he is an absolute stud. He, he is a, he is a fantastic football player on the field with an intensity that's unparalleled. And then the levity he brings off the field, he, he's just, he's a gem of a human and, uh, gonna miss watching him. I, I loved his game. And, and the eagles listen they a lot of their plays were scripted you know those when they get those light boxes and you see him pulling and skipping and doing those things, that was all predicated on his ability and so uh, I know they'll move Jurgens over who and he'll be fine, but it's gonna be a a massive miss and and uh for for me watching I know for the Eagles fans watching because uh, that dude he has earned all the respect we give him and uh and and tip of the cap to my man because he's a, he is a true hall of famer.
1: Jeff, great stuff. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. Talk soon.
0: Thanks, fellas. Y'all be well.
1: Jeff, Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. I wanted to ask him, too, at the end if I should be feeling guilty that my wife is right now shoveling snow, and I am not, but I have a feeling I know what the answer is if that was the case. Oof. Yeah. I have a feeling he would have... You should at least
2: hire someone so that if you can't do it, she doesn't have to.
1: Well, Joe, you know, we all can't throw it around like you. We're all not just, you know, cashing every check and breaking some necks along the way i mean (laughs) you better hope she doesn't hear that (laughs) while everyone was watching bucks eagles uh, joe one piece of massive nfl news broke and folks may have missed it we'll tell you all about it after joe tells you about this from our friends at vivid seats
2: check off that new year's bucket list item with tickets from vivid seats your home For every tackle, every slap shot, every slam dunk, Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbelievable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase. From tip-off to final buzzer, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN.
0: Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Bill Belichick made it official he's leaving after 24 seasons as Patriots coach. If you've got to
1: rebuild your team, I don't think Belichick is your guy. Bill wants to win now. I look at two places that make the most sense. One of the charges, because you got Justin Herbert. The other place that would intrigue me, some would be Atlanta. We have no idea what's coming. I think a playoff team, come Tuesday, is going to be looking to make a change. And I can see Bill absolutely ending up in Dallas. Well... He's already completed one interview. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I did think it was cute last night, Joe, like amusing that the Falcons put out a tweet that said, we have completed a coaching interview with Bill Belichick. Like, did you really, or was he interviewing
2: you? Yeah. Yeah. Next (laughs) thing you'll know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are going to have to audition for Saturday Night Live. Exactly. I I don't know if we can trust this band to really bring it home. After 40 years of domination, but yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, like, who's interviewing who who here, right? Like, you got to figure Atlanta's got to sell him more than he's got to sell Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I, I would absolutely believe that, and and that's what's most interesting to me about this. I'm trying to look at the Atlanta situation from Belichick's standpoint and examine how that is the best situation for me if I'm presented with a couple of other options now we don't know for sure that mike mccarthy is going to get fired we don't know for sure that nick sirianni is going to get fired we do know that the chargers job is open and that they uh met with jim harbaugh again interviewed jim harbaugh uh which to which I, i would ask you know what was the first question from harbaugh how much money can you give me you know um yeah i don't think that uh if your bill right now I'm looking at the Falcons. Money's not a concern for me ever again with what I just earned over these years in New England. I want to get paid nicely, but at 72 years old, I want to prove to everybody else that I'm not done. and I want to prove to everybody else that I can go win another championship without Tom. That's what his whole thing is about right now. Would I think that's happening in Atlanta
2: anytime soon? I don't. It doesn't look like it for any time soon, right? But there are there are several several indicators that lead to some upside with the position. You know, you got an owner in Arthur Blank who really wants to win. I don't I don't think Arthur Blank's ever demonstrated to anybody that he's gonna be impulsive, have the quick trigger. I don't it doesn't seem like he's gonna meddle too much, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like he's a guy who wants to get it right and wants to see his team win. And you go back through the coaching history here since Dan Reeves was there for seven years, Wade Phillips was there for a couple games, Jim Mora was there for three seasons, this is the younger Jim Mora, Bobby Petrino, Mike Smith, Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, Arthur Smith, it really hasn't been a splash higher for a long time. This is a team Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. You got some skilled players on offense. The defense was relatively solid until late in the season when they completely collapsed. You got a division where New Orleans is meddling, Carolina looks to be a mess, and it'd be great if it turns out, for them anyway, if Bryce Young isn't the guy, because you're going to spend a few seasons trying to figure that out. And then you got Tampa who looks good right now, but they don't seem to be all that formidable So the path to the playoffs isn't all that daunting. So between ownership, money, talent current path of resistance to the postseason, it's a pretty appealing job. I could see why he would be interested. Is it the best one for him if he's trying to win a Super Bowl? Probably not. We'd have to start talking about the Dallas-Philadelphia options, but I think the fan base would love the guy. I think he'd have plenty of time, plenty of patience. It'd be a really good situation for him. But we both agree that it's not something that you do without examining
1: what your other options are.
2: He is in a position where he can examine everything. The beauty of having the juice that Belichick has right now, everyone's waiting on you. It's not the other way around. Like that's the thing with the president of the United States, right? The pre you wait for the president, no matter how powerful you are, you're going to be sitting in a room waiting for him. He's never waiting for you. That's how it works. Yeah. With Belichick, same thing. Arthur blank waits for him. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys wait for him. The Philadelphia Eagles wait for him. If those teams are so inclined to make a choice. So Belichick has the time factor on his side. That's why
1: I'm waiting for him. Like I'm, Waiting if I'm Arthur Blank, but I also have to understand I'm probably not gonna get him because those other jobs are better situations. The Philadelphia Eagles, if they want to hire me, that's a better situation. The Dallas Cowboys, if they want to hire me, that's a better situation. I need to win in the next two to three years. Like, do you see Belichick coaching till he's 76?
2: I don't. I, I, mean, that, I, I don't know. I mean, if if, if he's how say he stays healthy. If he stays healthy... He doesn't strike uh, me as a guy who's ready to walk away. It's not like he's no, married. I, I don't think he's married. But, I mean, right now, he's just... Yeah. He's got football,
1: seems to be all he's got. And he's coaching with his sons. His sons are there. But I would also point to the fact that there was a time in his life, and it's not all that long ago, where he was saying, I don't want to do this until it's too late. I don't want to do this until I drop dead. I think he wants to do this until he gets one more and if he can't get it in the next three years, then he can't get it. And so if that's the case, if I'm Bill, I got to end up Dallas, Philadelphia, the Chargers. The, I, I can't sit here and
2: wait. Hard and no to the Chargers, else. right? Like he's not going to the Chargers. If, if it's about winning a championship, you're not going to the Chargers.
1: I don't know. you got some talent on that team. You're going to have to cut some guys loose. They have a bad cap situation. But does he believe in Justin Herbert? I don't know the answer to that. He's let's he's say actually he kind of hand his way with him a little let's bit. Let's say he
2: believes in Herbert. Keenan Allen is coming up on the end of his career. Mike Williams can't stay healthy. Austin Eckler can't stay healthy. The defense has some players that are consistently getting hurt in Mack and Bosa. It, it we always say this every and year about the James Chargers stay. about how talented they are, but like, are they really that talented? And they're not young and they're not healthy. So okay. there, there are some question marks there in terms of how much he would really have. Oh, by the way, Mahomes and Andy Reid are the gatekeepers in that division.
1: All right, let's just argue for a second that no other changes are made. Sirianni stays. Uh, McCarthy stays. Oh, okay. If you're Bill, do you take any job at that point?
2: I do mean, yeah, the, I don't do think he's sitting Falcons? out. I don't think he's sitting out. I think the Falcons would be. I think the Falcons would be a decent job. I really do. I think you're going to have good ownership. You got talent. You find a way to make some sort of upgrade at quarterback. You don't need a star, but you find a way to get someone competent in there. You can win some games and go to the playoffs next year. They almost went to the playoffs this year with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. It's fair. I just don't.
1: I feel like that guy's got to be in place, and he has never learned that more than in the last couple of years. Good point. One explanation for Philly's free fall next.
0: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.